0: Is there anything too difficult for our God? What are you facing today? Is there anything too difficult for our God? No, there's nothing. So, he's given me a word for you guys, the, the and for me. He spoke to me lots. The, uh, um, and we, he reminded me, we often get it wrong. We think we chose Jesus. But we got it wrong. He chose us. He chose us. We, we were just obedient enough to fall in line. And we, we're going to start off by looking at one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 1 verse 4. Hmm. Just as he chose us in him. He chose us to be in Him and part of Him, part of His kingdom, before the foundation of the world. We sometimes think, I'm, doing, I'm walking for Jesus, or I'm doing this thing for Jesus. No, Jesus is doing this thing with us. Whatever's going on in your life at the moment, before the foundation of the, of the world, God knew it. Psalm 91 tells us He planned it, and He's written it down. He knows what tomorrow is going to bring. The Bible says He's the Alpha and the Omega, and the Holy Spirit gave me this interpretation of that. He knows the beginning from the end. Um, I've had a terrible week at work, and Monday morning I'm driving to, to work, and I'm You know, sometimes our minds get the better of us, and I'm worried, and I'm anxious. I know he's there for me, and I know he's going to carry me through. And he reminded me, and he reminded me he knows the end. Because from the foundation of the world, he knew me. And I know he knew me because he called me, and he chose me. And every one of you sitting here, he chose you. He selected you out of all the people of the world that ever existed and will exist. He chose you. Not to do the same thing as the person next to to you. Not to be like that one or like that one. He chose you to be you. For me, that is such an important word. Because I don't have to be like, I don't have to be like Alfred because if I'm like Alfred, I'm missing the mark. Because he chose me not to be Alfred. He chose me to be me. He chose me before the foundation of the world. He chose you to walk your path. And we're going to look at someone that he chose today. The, the, uh, and we're going to learn from, from them. So what kind of people does God choose? How many of you remember at school, and maybe you guys that are young, you still remember, but when you used to play games during break or beginning of school, and you used to make lines, and there was two captains, and they got to choose this one, and that one got to choose that one. Some people are blessed, and they're always the first one to be chosen. I had some friends like that. They were always the first one to be, me, I was always one of the last, last five, (laughs) I had other talents, <laughs> the the uh, hidden talents, the the, and he chose us. The, uh, but what kind of people does he choose? He's the team captain, and we're going to look at the kind of people he chooses. So he was hanging on the cross, and he chose the thief that was next to him. He chose a woman. We're going, to, we're going to look at the scripture of the woman at the well in Samaria just now. He chose a woman. He chose a Samaritan. You know, in Jesus' time, that was a lot like the, the old days in South Africa with, of black and white with racism. It was exactly the same then. The Jews considered themselves better than, than the Samaritans. They worshipped in the temple in Jerusalem, and the Samaritans were the Samaritans were of Ishmael. And the Jews were of Isaac, the promised son. And so they, they discriminated. And Jesus goes and he chooses the one that, that is rejected by the society. He himself is a Jew. Um, he, who else does he choose? He chooses, he chooses a fisherman. So there comes the king of glory, the god of heaven and earth. First, he comes to a stable. He arrives in a stable, not in a chariot with horses and he arrives in a stable. These are his kind of people, you know, the, the backyard, not, not, not the big white house, the, the backyard, the little shack at the back, and he arrives there. And then he goes and he, he calls the, the fishermen, not the religious leaders, not the Pharisees or the high priest, if it was us, human thinking. There comes this God of all glory that we worship. And the first place I would expect him to go is go knock on the temple door. Dong, 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 dong. Hey, you've been calling for me and I'm here. And he doesn't do that. He goes to the ones that the world has rejected. He goes to to, to those that haven't got knowledge. You know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and these guys, they had all the knowledge of God. But that's kind of where it stopped. One, one person said, sometimes we're too clever for our own good. Everything is maybe happening in our brains, but not in our hearts. And that, that was their problem. It was all up here, not, not down here. The, and you he didn't go to the religious people and the, the pious people. You didn't go to the holy people. You know, we all know someone in our lives that, wow, they're just walking this walk with God and they, they're just holy. He didn't even go to them. He says our holiness is like filthy rags. Our works are like filthy rags. If we're trying to be holy in, in and of ourselves, we, we're going to miss it. There were, Paul was, was a Pharisee of the Pharisees and he says he counts it as nothing. The, the Because all those works, all that holiness was of man and and was useless. So Jesus comes to the broken and the poor and the forgotten. And by God's grace, some of the religious people did follow him. They did come around. But but it was difficult for them. Even the rich people. Some of the rich people rejected him. You know which rich people came to him? The tax collectors. Now, the tax collectors were wealthy but they were also thieves. And they also took a little bit on the side. The, uh, and they came to Jesus. Matthew was one of the first disciples. He goes to the sinners. And then the, 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 the religious people come and they condemn him. So Jesus' people aren't the people that the world thinks are good. They're different. And I want us to remember that. There's nothing wrong with being different. There's nothing wrong with with in fact Paul says I counted a glory when he is rejected. Peter gets beaten up and they get thrown in jail the, the, uh, uh, um, by, the, by the temple guard and they get beaten up. And the next day they get released <laughs> and they run back to the disciples and they say, Ah. <laughs> because they got beaten up for Jesus. And it's like, ah don't worry if you don't seem to fit the mould. We got, we're so blessed with, with internet and TV and all these preachers. We can just switch on and we can get these awesome men and women of God just preaching the word. We are so blessed. But we must be careful that we don't choose them to follow. They, they were also chosen just like us. And their call isn't our call or my call. You've got to work out with the Lord what your call is. Don't get trapped into having to be like that person. Amen. Let's go to John, uh, John chapter four, from verse three. The uh, uh, who, who knows the story of the woman at the well? I think I'm going to. (laughs) Some people are a little bit hesitant. uh, We're going to to read read quite a bit of it. uh, um, So, Jesus decided to leave Judea to go to Samaria, uh, to go to Galilee. Okay? But he needed to go through Samaria. Now, I want you to see something. Piet and Madeleine, why don't you come here quickly, please? So. The way that the Jews disliked the Samaritans so much. I'm in Judea. There's Galilee. There's the lake. Can you see the lake next to Madeleine there? So the shortest way, it's about 150 to 200 kilometers walk to go from Judea through Samaria to Galilee. What the Jews used to do, the Jews used to go about 300 kilometers around Samaria. Just in case I bump into a Samaritan, I don't want to. And then they used to come to uh, uh, to Galilee. They used to go all the way around, not through around. They could have gone through, they chose not to. Thanks. Jesus, unlike the Jews, he is a Jew, decides to go through Samaria. That's radically different. He doesn't take the path that everybody else takes. He he goes through. He doesn't try to avoid the difficult people. We all have difficult people in our lives. People that maybe don't dress like us. Maybe they argue with us all the time. Or you didn't avoid them. But I want you to see something else. He saw something. There was a reason he wanted to go through Samaria. And we'll get to it now. Next verse. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sichar. Now you can often find that same city. It's called Nablus in the West Bank. Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Next. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, 150, 200 kilometers, he's walked halfway. He's tired. That's 100 kilometers that they have been walking, and he sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour. That's in the middle of the day. Next verse. So he's hot and he's tired. Can you picture, picture being hot and dry and thirsty? Can you do that this morning? I know it was quite cold outside. There, there. And there was a woman of Samaria that came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. So this lady isn't getting the water, it's a, this, this, this well, by the way, you can, you can go to it today. There's a church that's built, built on the well, actually. It's about a, one and a half kilometers outside the city of Nablus. The, the, this woman walks one and a half kilometers in the middle of the day to get water. Everybody else comes either early in the morning or late in the afternoon. The reason she comes in the middle of the day is all the other women don't want anything to do with her she's she's not the nice person that everybody wants to be around so she has to come in the middle of the day when there's no one there and she's i don't know if other people were avoiding her or she was avoiding them but there she is at the well and yet jesus says the king of glory says to her give me some water i'm sure i'm he sent the disciples away the the just before they got to the well and you, uh, you'll see later. The, the, uh, um, and, he, and, and he wants to be one-on-one with this woman. He knew he was gonna meet her. And he's, he's, he's keeping his appointment with her. She didn't know she had an appointment with God. And he says, give me something to drink. And one of the things the Lord laid on my heart, he says, we often think, how can we serve God? And he tells us, he says, give me something to drink. How do we give Jesus water? He says, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink or you didn't. He says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. And he says, whatever you do for the least of these, you're doing for me. If you want to give Jesus a drink of water, if you want to be a blessing to him, go bless his people find the people that are struggling find that person that had to sleep under cardboard boxes last night and give them a blanket can you imagine and it's like Jesus sleeping under the cardboard boxes and you're blessing him with a blanket or a cup of soup if you want to bless Jesus, bless his people. So he asked this lady, ah, uh, oh, there we go, <laughs> you found it. He sent his disciples away to, to go in the city to buy food. Next, next verse. Then the woman said to him, how, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I'm going to run through this quickly. Next verse. Then Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would have given you living water. He says this again in, in, in John chapter 7. We read it when we started. Next verse. The, the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Jesus is talking to her about spiritual things, and her eyes are still on the natural. How often do we miss it? Where Jesus is talking to us about spiritual things, and we're stuck in, oh, you must mean my work. There comes a word of prophecy, and God's talking. Oftentimes, I know I do. I get it wrong. um, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. If you're drinking natural water, you're going to thirst again. If your well is your work, you're going to keep on being thirsty. If your well is your wealth, you're never going to be satisfied. If your well is your relationship or your husband or your wife or your children, what is that thing that feeds you? It's not going to satisfy and if you're hungry and thirsty and you feel there's something lacking in your life today, ask yourself, what, are you, what well are you drinking from? Are you drinking from the well of this world? God says in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, He says, I know you need clothes and food and drink. And He says, but seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. He will give you those things, the, the, the natural food and water but he says seek me first come drink Jesus. I say come drink of me Jesus says come drink of him I love that that verse in John chapter 7 drink of me he says kind of like we did during worship wasn't it awesome drink of me and out of your heart will flow rivers of living water so, so this is what he does. So picture a river. No? Any river. It can be a little stream or it can be a mighty Amazon River, like kilometers. There's nobody here from the Congo. But the, the Congo River is a massive river. And he says, drink of me. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that was nice. And he turns that drink of him, of his presence, of his his word, of his spirit, that little drink becomes a mighty river. (laughs) Gushing out. When you take a blanket or a cup of soup to that guy under the cardboard boxes or you're just ministering to the lady next door, whatever it is, that living water flows now out of you. When you've been drinking some of this, his living water. And what is his living water? So, what was Jesus talking about? Yeah, he's talking about his Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, he says it's the Spirit, for the Spirit hadn't yet come. And what is his Spirit if not his presence? If not his word? That's why I love coming to church. Because during worship time, there's just something about this place in you lot that when I worship with you, you, you guys, it's like, oh, I can f- feel his presence. The, the, you know, sometimes we've got to experience his presence and his spirit by faith. But during worship time, it's like easy. It's like my body can almost sense him. And I love that. The, the, how do you take a little sip and it becomes a mighty river? This is why we don't have to be like someone else. This is why piet can be piet, and saviera can be saviera. Because when you drink of him, he turns that into a river out of your heart. He empowers you. You'll check now. Here's this lady. Uh, Next verse. Verse 15 the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come yet to draw, and and he says, go call your husband first, and we're going to we're going to skip these verses, because we know the story, this woman had actually had five husbands, and the guy she was with now wasn't her husband, and so she's really got a mixed up life, you know, we can speculate what was going on, but the lay, the, the people in the city didn't want to know her, she had all these husbands, and we don't know what the story was, but it was complicated for her. Sometimes our lives are complicated as well. And then I'm going to ask Talent if you could jump to verse um, 23. Sorry, 25. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. They were just talking about the temple and where to worship, and the true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The, and she, I don't think she understood what you're saying. It's like he's speaking these heavenly things, and you know, I, I don't even understand completely. The, the, and she said to him, the Messiah will, will, will come and explain this. Verse 26, and Jesus says this, I who speak to you am he. This was the first time Jesus publicly and openly declared who he was, that he was the Christ and the Messiah. Even to his disciples, he was was indirect. When he healed one or two people before in Judea, and they wanted to celebrate, he said, no, don't go, keep quiet, don't tell anybody. This was the first time he publicly said it. And he declared this revelation to some random woman at a well who had this broken down life, was kind of lost, and he he reveals this mystery to her. Isn't that awesome? We don't even know her name. What a privilege. Jesus, instead of going the normal route, crosses the country, takes the shortcut, goes, chases the other people away, the disciples. He says, you go buy food, I'll wait here. So that he can have a conversation with this woman so he can tell her who he is and the reason he does that is that she can find out who she is because she wasn't sure she's rejected she's broken is she a wife isn't she is she barren isn't she can she bear children or not what shame does she carry i don't know but he needs her to see who she is Next verse. At, the, at that point, the disciples uh, um, came back, and they, they're amazed that he's talking to this woman. Um, the, the, I'm looking for the bit where she runs out back to the city. We'll get to, we'll get to that. So what happens is she runs into the city, and she tells the people of the city, the, the same people that didn't want to talk to her, she goes and said, come, come, I, I, I think I found the Messiah. And they go out. Because <laughs> the sign, he, he, he prophesied over her and said, you get five husbands and this and that and the other thing. And she goes and says, I think I found the Messiah. This guy's prophesying. So they all go out. And because of the word of her testimony, many in that city of Nablus came to Jesus that day. Broken, rejected. How, how much training did she, did she go on an evangelism course? Did she spend three years in Bible study? She met Messiah, and that was enough. She Just for a moment in her life, she met a man at a well. And she believed what he said. And when you believe what Jesus says... Jesus, your word says that I'm the head and not the tail. Thank you, I believe it. Even though my circumstances might say differently, I know that to you, I am special. Even though I don't feel called, your word says I am chosen. Thank you, Jesus, you chose me. You knew me before the foundation of the world. She had a moment in her life where she drank of Jesus. She she couldn't even take a bucket full of him. She could only have this little sip. And out of her heart came rivers of living water because she believed him. When you want to drink of Jesus, just believe him. We, you know, we want to make big spiritual things out of everything. But he says, if you believe me and who I am, out of your heart will flow flow rivers of living water. So, what kind of river flows out of your heart? Is it a little river? Is it a massive river? What, what kind of river do you want to flow? And the Lord says, I believe you dictate how big that river is. In Ezekiel, it talks about uh, um, the prophet going into the river ankle deep. And, then, uh, and they measured out some more. And then he went in knee deep. And then he went in chest deep. And then he went in where his legs couldn't touch the ground. And he was completely at the mercy of the Holy Spirit, and of God. How deep do you want to go with Jesus? How, how, how do, you, do you want to be just sort of wade through lightly, through the stream? You can. He doesn't say it's wrong, but he says there's more. The better way is when, when the water's here, and you, and and, and you, your your tippy toes can just just touch the bottom. Or maybe can't even, and your life is out of control. Give me one place in the Bible where it says your life has to be under control. You must have your five-year plan, your ten-year plan, and all of those things are good. And it's right. But Jesus is in control. Are you willing to put him in control? Because in another place it says, the spirit is like the wind. We don't know where it comes from and we don't know where it's going. But hey, wherever that's going, I want to go, go with him. You, you choose how deep you want to go by how much you're willing to drink, how much you're willing to believe, how much you're willing to let go of your past. This woman's past didn't have a hold on her. Of course, when, when she met Messiah, she believed. Jesus ended up staying another two days in that city in Samaria, him and his disciples. I, I imagine his disciples must have been quite upset, you know, because they, they, they might have been fishermen and tax collectors and these guys, but they were still Jews, and they still used to avoid Samaritans. The, and now they're actually spending time in that Samaritan village. And then later on that day, in those two days, even more people come to Jesus. Because they say, we believe because we heard him speak. We, um, not just because we heard the woman of Samaria speak. So what are you drinking from? What am I doing for time? Are you drinking from work? Or the lack of work? Is all your prayers about... Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need a job. And I know I've prayed with some people here and I used to argue with God, Lord, you said, and those people didn't get a job. And then the Lord reminded me one day uh, um, and he said, but I, just because that person isn't working yet doesn't mean I don't love him. Just because that person isn't working yet doesn't mean uh, um, he won't eat today. When he, when he poured the manna out, Bible says some ate a little and some ate a lot but they all had enough they never had too much and they never had too little there was always enough or are you drinking from the well of relationships oh you know that lady that said she was going to phone me that, that friend of mine the the um, and now your heart is broken and sore because you feel rejected because they didn't call. Are you, f- are you feeding from the well of television? Nothing wrong with it, but you're never going to be satisfied. F- find Jesus. And when you drink of him, he empowers you, it's his spirit. It's not by might nor by power. It's not by Bible study and all of those things. They're all important. But it's the Holy Spirit that comes and gives those things life. That's why it's called living water. Otherwise, it's just knowledge. Pray that the Spirit comes and brings life into those things. Even work. Work can, can, can be living water when His Spirit touches it. the I'm working for a company now. My wife said I mustn't talk about myself. But an example. So a, a door opens for a job. I don't really want this job, but the Holy Spirit says I must go do that job. So i go do that job. And the job is probably one of the most stressful I've ever done in my life. And every day... I'm not experiencing the stress like I used to. Because every day when I drink of him he says it's all right. I've got this. I'm in charge. You you just keep going through that door. You just keep on keeping on and trusting me. And turns out the day that I thought was going to be a terrible chaotic fighting day I come home and I'm praying in the car on the way home and I'm saying thank you, Lord. I don't know how you got me through this day, but you got me through. And it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Bless you. But in me going through that, and through that day, I was able to pray for someone. I was able to chat to someone who's going through a rough time and say, don't worry, Jesus, isn't. he's got this. Just believe him. Just put your hope in him. Work. Can be a, a, um, a good thing when you put the Holy Spirit behind it, and of course, it, He feeds us through it. So you know, it's also a bonus; you get paid. Relationships are the same. Even television, we, we 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 can we can drink from it, and with the Holy Spirit, He comes and He speaks to us through it. His Word, He speaks to us through it. It's all about. Are we, are we applying the Holy Spirit? Are we walking with the Holy Spirit in those things? Or are we just going through the motions? Um, Paul says in another place, he says, um, For we do not walk by sight, but we walk by the Spirit. We don't walk in the natural. Another place it says, we don't live according to the flesh. Not, we're not focused just on the natural. We've got to get through the natural. But it's actually all about the spiritual, the supernatural. So I want you to remember, I'm finishing up now. Um, in the natural, your life might be a mess, might be altogether. But it's not going to satisfy. You can go without food for about 40 days before you die. Jesus says later on in this verse, he says, uh, my food is to do the will of the Father. You you can go through this walk with Jesus and be disobedient, and you'll survive, you'll be okay. For a while, 40 days. But if you go without water, scientists say after three days, it's tickets, you die without water. Unless you're getting water from... Other sources like food and stuff but your body needs water three days and your body starts dying we need Jesus every day every day and this and, and it's a misleading thing because in this life we are I wake up in the morning I go do my things I and I think I'm living meanwhile I'm like a dead man walking you've heard that expression because there's no life in me. The life comes through Jesus. It comes through the living water. So I want you to hold on to Jesus. Don't get stuck on who you are, what you have or what you don't have, because it's all by His Spirit anyway. (laughs) I'm looking at my notes to see what I've forgotten or what I need to say. And my eyes fall, fall on this sentence. So I've literally with my own eyes, seen murderers and assassins, guys that kill other people. I've seen them become evangelists after they drink of Jesus. I don't think there's any murderers or assassins amongst you. I, I, I know Pastor Yvette can, can look quite threatening sometimes, but <laughs> if God can do that to someone else, how much more can He do in you? Hey? Let His Spirit fill you. Let His Spirit come upon you. And you be the best you you can be for His glory. Amen. I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to come the Bible teaches us that that when we come to Jesus and we believe him his spirit comes and lives within us but it also teaches us that sometimes the spirit comes upon us so he lives in us but he also wants to anoint us with his spirit An anointing, uh, uh, one way to translate that word is to say cover or paint. covered over. It's like being poured over with oil. He wants to come upon us. Who wants to be anointed and poured over by the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you went to heaven so that you can send your spirit the promise of the Father. And we want to drink of you now this morning. And we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit and just come and anoint us and cover us and smother us and overwhelm us. And we just surrender ourselves to you. We declare you our King. We place every circumstance that we concerned and worried about. We place it at your feet. And we ask you, O great King, we ask you for some living water. Thank you for tuning in to Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.